This is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E. G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film About Time, two minutes at a time. I am Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else. I'm on your host, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Robert E. G. Black. Hello. And with our special guest for this week, Joe Archer. Hello. So today we're tackling minutes 68 and 69 of About Time, and um, it's one of the best scenes in the film, probably. <laughs> Such a as 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 we get to see more of Desmond. Um, <laughs> so the minute opens with Desmond saying, "Exciting," and Tim says, "We've decided after a little bit of thought to get married." Desmond follows that with, "That's wonderful news. Who are you getting married to?" <laughs> Tim says, "To Mary over there," and Desmond's very glad for that. Uh, and jolly embarrassing if it had been another girl. Imagine that. It's just... Yeah, I mean, Joe, I guess, what what impressions do you get of Uncle Desmond from just this scene? Well, no, he's a, he's a, he's a good... Um, he's a classic kind of, like, tropey uncle who, um, you know, is, is the kind of guy... There's a great shot of him in a previous minute of him basically being, like, half man, half armchair. Um, and he just <laughs> kind of, like falls into the furniture. And I think he's one of those kind of... Um, what I think, if you asked um, somebody who's not from England, what does an English person look like, they'd probably draw him. Like They'd probably like, be like, describe <laughs> this guy and be like, um, is he slightly done to headed? Like, is he slightly not clued in? We can put that to the test. Up? Robert, what does an English person look like? <laughs> <laughs> I-, I might be in... Uh, Inclined to give him a little more hair than Desmond. But yeah, he's he's definitely that because he's got like the round face. He looks like he's always in a good mood. He's wearing a, like a tweed suit constantly. I've, yeah. I've got a very similar tweed jacket that I wear. Like any, <laughs> any excuse. Awesome. Like, in fact, Joe, I wore that tweed jacket to your premiere. I'm pretty sure. Oh, did you? Fantastic. I should have. I should have um, said good jacket. No, I've definitely. I've definitely. I'm a. I'm a fan of uh, tweed. I've got a bit of Harris tweed. Which I used to wear, but in this, in weather like this, it's unbearable. So oh, I yeah, know. T- tweed just works for when, when you're not sure whether you should dress smart or not. A tweed jacket and a shirt, mm-hmm. it just, it, it does it. As I think there was like, there wasn't a dress code listed for your premiere, so I was like really confused. <laughs> so I, mm-hmm. what, what do I go in? And I think, I think it, it worked. I didn't stand out like a sore thumb, so. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Um, no, but he's, he's an interesting character. Um, and, like again, like again, it gets he, he gets some laughs um, for being the way he is, and it's sort of again he's one of those characters where uh, a lot of people can be like, okay, I know a guy like that, I know a Desmond guy, yeah, it, it's good character. Um, and so the mother follows up with, "We're so pleased," and Tim says, "Oh no, sorry, yeah, by the way, the wedding will be quite soon because we're having a baby." And Kit Kat goes, "What? Yes." Desmond says, "You're pregnant, Mary." Yes. Who's the father? Um, oh, well, Tim, I hope. Ah, thank goodness for that. And jolly awkward if it had been another fellow. And, yeah, I mean, I think it is such a, a good exchange. And apparently that joke, they like Richard Curtis, Tude and Frodon, like, they kept it in at one point and didn't get many laughs, so then cut it out and then they decided to put it back in again because it is just a repeat of the previous joke. Yeah. But I think it works quite well because, I mean, Joe, what you won't have seen is in, in the opening introduction to Uncle Desmond, Tim describes him as always having his mind elsewhere, although he never figured out on what, or something like that. And it's just, yeah, I think it's it's, it's just such a brilliant exchange, and it's one of the first things I tend to 
remember from this. And and then obviously we go to Goldborn just after this. So have we got any any final comments on this dinner table exchange? I think it's it was a, it's an interesting scene for me because I don't know whether I I'm not sure whether I do I like it or not. I'm trying to work this out because there's two. I don't know whether maybe it's the whole. It's exactly like the rest of the film, but like it's very blundering. Like it's very much like even the guy forgets to remember to tell like if they're also pregnant, right? And then he's also yeah. then he and then he forgets and then the guy it's like oh it's and then he makes the second joke again like he said he makes the same joke again. Um, so like while that is all lovely and quaint and things like that, it does still play into this archetype, like Britishness and kind of warmness that like, oh yeah, we're getting married. Oh yeah, we're, we're having a baby. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> you know, it's with us, like we're, we're the two people involved. And it's a kind of like that much saturated, like, um, sort of blundering and quaintness and in some ways you could argue like Britishness or whatever. It can, maybe I might have found that a bit too toxic. Like I think when I watched that, I it felt a bit too. But it was also very lovely. Like it was so lovely. But if the point is, was it too sweet? Was it like bittersweet? Like I, that. That's what I'm trying to work out in that scene. So that scene is a bit different for me. Yeah. I guess one of the things we haven't asked you either is like, what what has been your experience with the work of Richard Curtis before these minutes? Again, it's it's somebody who I've not seen too much of, to be honest, because. Um, but once again, you yeah. could be quite surprised when you look at the list of stuff. A lot of people mm. go, "Oh yeah, he did that." <laughs> it's a no, no, no. But that's the point. Is I feel like I feel like this. This is in tone with the rest of his. Well, with uh, um, with the stuff I have seen of his. This is in in a similar tone. Like he's got a style. That's the point. Is he's got that. Um, well, from what I've seen of his stuff, anyway. Uh, so um, it does play into that. I'm not. I'm not saying I dislike the scene at all. I'm just saying I felt like. It played maybe in some ways too much on the whole, like, oh, silly me. Like, you know, in that, like, oh, silly me. Like, oh, I've got it. But, but, but yeah, that's, that. that's great. I mean, did, I mean, just, just to further my question, do you know what of Richard Curtis you have seen? So we know what you're, you're comparing it to, or is it just a thing that you know you've seen some of his, but not necessarily what? Yeah, it'd be, um, kind of the, uh, the love actually, and then is all the stuff that is like basically, I'm writing all the stuff like that's essentially like set in Notting Hill, those kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah, all that, that kind of, um, business. Uh, for me, they all kind of like merge into like, or again, it's like one film, if that makes sense, and that it's that kind of type of story. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um. I think the, the Uncle Desmond character, He's a lot more present in Richard Curtis's earlier work as he wrote Blackadder and Mr. Bean mm. and Vicar of Dibley and stuff like that. Like, he feels a lot more like those oh, sort of sitcom definitely characters. you're right. Yeah, definitely you're right. This does, this does have a lot of similarity to like sort of, in some ways, like Vicar of Dibley and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that, that's the point is when you, in some ways, and it, and it says how much his work has influenced a lot of, you know, how big his work is. Is that again? He really does capture that side of England, like that side of things. And actually, when you said all those shows and, and all those films, it is in that same kind of again that zeitgeist of um, Englishness. <laughs> like it's it's really interesting, yeah. Uh, so, Robert, we've got anything on visuals for this minute? Yes, because the reactions I think are even better than Desmond's silliness. When Tim stands up, the mom and dad both know exactly what he's going to say, like that they're getting married, but. Mom looks like concerned. Dad's just happy as can be. <laughs> and when Mary's reactions to Desmond, and she's like, imagine it like it'd been another person. She's like, mm-hmm. 
Like, she's, she's amused by him, but I don't think she quite gets his fun Yeah, because she's only just met him. <laughs> yeah. And then Kit Kat is so excited, she r- gets up, runs around the table, and basically attacks Mary again. <laughs> it kisses her again. So their, their family is, I think Mary is like a grounded sort of thing in this scene, which makes it work visually. And in terms of... Yeah, it's silly. In terms of them blending in as well, like, yeah. Ma- Mary stands out slightly more than the rest of them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're all at home in what is their home, or for Tim and Kit Kat, is, you know, was their home and they still come back to regularly. Whereas Mary, yeah. although fitting in quite a lot, her, the colours that she's wearing are ever so slightly different mm-hmm. in order for it to just stand out enough, uh, but not enough for it to seem over the top, which I think is really well done. So we then cut to Mary, uh, well, no, we then get the establishing shot of Goldborn before we cut to Mary inside. She says, we have to decide tonight. What? Everything. I mean, the only thing you've decided, and that's where minute 68 concludes, but I guess we might as well slide straight into 69. Yeah. Id, about our wedding, is that I'm coming down the aisle to the sound of some Italian weirdo singing a song called Il Mondo. <laughs> so I think I think it's great that actually, over the course of these five minutes, we managed to get this, the both set-off, set-ups and the payoff of Il Mondo. Yeah. Like, because originally when I was sending you the bonus minute, Joe, I was like, oh, I need to send him the one about Armando. And I was like, oh, yeah, you, you've actually got both already. And it seems insignificant, the first mention. The second mention here, it resonates with you enough for when it actually plays at the wedding for it to mean something. So Tim says, excellent song, which Mary says, to which I've said a definitive no. So here's the deal. <laughs> I'll take off one item of clothing for every decision you make. And Tim says, okay, you have my attention, young lady. Which is, is this an odd way to refer to her, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. <laughs> uh, but like, I think, I think it is, it is strange, actually thinking about it. And again, I don't, I don't if, I don't think I want to look too much into that, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't, it's not a line to look too deep in, and it, it's, it's funny the way he says it, but it is just an, an odd choice at this time. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think it could be in that, oh, no, I don't, that's, I wonder what scenario he thinks this is like for him to use that wording. Maybe it is. And I presume, uh, did Richard Curtis write this then as well? Yeah. Okay, so like, I think he's obviously, when he, when he's writing it, had some sort of idea of what sort of situation this was. Uh, and, and whether that was the right, uh, wording for it. It feels him. enough so, like it, it feels enough like it could have been an in-joke between Tim and Mary. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it, there's definitely something that, again, we, um, it, then he must have been referring to us in the situation, or another situation that's happened before. Or again, again, it could be some sort of like pet name or pet term or, um, something like that. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, but, yeah. Um, so, Mary says, right, um, where would you like to get married? Tim says, home, I'd hate anywhere else. Mary says, okay, and unzips her hoodie. Uh, and then she says, good, who should the priest be? That'll have to be the local bloke with the yellow teeth and the massive unibrow. Which she follows, okay, and pulls, well, th- th- this is where, Robert, in your notes, there's that level of yes. crossover in British and American uh-huh. here. <laughs> so, as we would say, trousers. Yes. You have obviously I put pants, yeah. pants, yeah. And, which is funny later, because, well, we'll get to why it's funny, even funnier yeah. later. This is, I was about to just read off your notes, and I was like, no, from the British side, I need to, <laughs> to clear that up. <laughs> um, so Mary's, yeah, okay, that's a lock for Hagrid. So yeah, the fact she says that, that, 
you know, you you get the level of in jokes between them from the That's a Lot for Hagrid line as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mary says, um, "Best man, down. Best man." And Mary says, "Best man now." She's or as you, I'm just keep reading your visuals here, Robert. That's fine. <laughs> She's already unhooking her bra, and he said, "Oh no, this is so hard." It's it's lose-lose, you know? You'll piss off all the ones you didn't pick, and then you end up hating the one you do pick because he makes a bad speech and ruins the day. And Mary <laughs> says, do you want to see these puppies or not? And Tim says, yes, I do. And then decides, in this minute, on Jay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, what, 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 what's your both of your overall impressions of this this whole exchange, really? I like it. Yeah, it's good. It's, 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 it's adorable. Mm. And I think, I mean, it's more next minute, but I think... Yeah, it's, it's got that more adorable element than had they gone the harder rating and actually shown any of nudity or anything oh, like yeah. that. Like it, it would have lost the the effect that it has here, really, because it's just nice and sweet. One thing I will say though is that like she clearly doesn't give a hell about her wedding because she's just let, letting him decide all these things. <laughs> yeah. So, and I thought when 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 he was like, "I want to have it at my home." Like, I wouldn't have it any other way. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that any other girl would be like, maybe I want it at my hometown. Like, maybe I want it for yeah, my what place. what did she decide? Yeah, yeah. So she, and I, and it just seems in some ways a bit too perfect. And that's what I was saying before, is that these, all these minutes are just very perfect. There's no conflict. Everything is as smooth, like, as hell. Like, it's, it's just very, in some ways, too idyllic. Like idyllic is the is actually probably a, the word I was trying to look for earlier. Is that this is all too nice? <laughs> is is what I would say. Uh, but but um, again, I don't I don't know the rest of the film, but it just seems it's almost way too perfect for him. And like you said, he's gone back and tried to make things as perfect as possible. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, that, that's my general opinions on it. Is that she seemed to have like absolutely no problem with anything. So much that she was taking her clothes off. Like she was that comfortable with everything going on and all the decisions being made for her that she was literally fine with getting her kit off, just like um, on on that kind of whimsy, just to make decisions happen. And then maybe that's her character is that she's completely free and couldn't care where um, care what actually happens. Maybe she's a nihilist, like you know, I don't know, like but like it just <laughs> seems to be uh, a very a very interesting way to make your wedding plans one of the most momentous events of your life. I guess this does suit the style of her bedroom from being all yeah, over the Yeah, she'll place. go for whatever. So yeah, she'll, if, if she likes it, it'll go, it, it'll go in her bedroom, whether it matches the, the wallpaper or the design or anything at all. And so yeah, I, I guess that does sort of suit her character here as to actually, you know what, she knows she's going to enjoy it anyway. She allows Tim's the decision, except Il Mondo, or so we believe. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, is there anything particularly on visuals for this minute, Robert? Uh, I think you already mentioned the thing. Oh, I, because it bothered me before, I would point out the furniture by him. It's painted to look like little houses. It's not just some chaotic design to match the rest of her house. It's actually kind of nice up close. Mm. Yeah, it is. It is nice. And it's it's almost weird to me. This possibly sounds weird because we know it's the same room. So yeah. it feels when we get the shot on Tim, the room feels bigger than when we get the shot on Mary. Well, and this is the same room where they had the dining room table when her parents were over. This room is multi-purpose. Yeah, so that's it true. Like it feels so different. It's got a lot of space. Hmm. It's the biggest um, room in her apartment. Yeah, which is still 
very small. And once again, as we said before, like her apartment is the only room that's not. Oh, sorry, the only room that is a set in the film. Everywhere else is the location. So everything here was be very, very deliberate. Um, so unless we've got any final comments, Joe, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, they can go to my Instagram, which is uh, at Joseph Archer uh, underscore, or my Twitter, which is at Joe Directs. Uh, just give, give a good old Google search of my name. You'll find my website or Windows Ever Productions as well, which you'll find all my producing work and lots of other um, bits and pieces. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Robert, where can the listeners find you? Website, lemmingdrops.com or social media, Robert E.G. Black. And the listeners can find me on Twitter at llama underscore bottle zero, on Instagram at the ginger luke, on Facebook at Luke Allen Film. All podcasts, radio appearances, short films, newspaper articles, anything I'm remotely involved in is probably at lukeallen.co.uk. And this podcast is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Men's About Time, and they can join our Facebook group, The Cupboard, to discuss all things about time and anything else. So, thanks so much to everyone for listening to today's episode. We'll be back on Friday. And, Joe, do you know of any intriguing or interesting ways that we could say goodbye? Me? Uh, Dovizenia, uh, which is uh, goodbye in Polish. Uh, no, it's not. That's hello. Or is it Jindorbra? I can't remember it now. I've got no, that's goodbye. We actually, oddly enough, we had that one before. I'll have yeah, we had a we had a, a Polish director on. <laughs> was I right? <laughs> am I being right, or am I saying hello? Yeah. Okay, good. I was. No, right. it's goodbye. Okay, yeah. don't say it because good. I've been saying I say that to people, so it'd be bloody silly if I say them goodbye and then um, <laughs> I actually say hello. <laughs> I had that issue with um, in France when I kept bumping into people and saying merci rather than like um, rather than like, on. <laughs> Um, which meant like it was pretty weird bumping into people and saying thank you. Uh, so so uh, that's you can. I'm I'm not very good when it comes to uh, language. So but yes, that's that's my interesting way of saying. The two minutes about time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the about time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two minutes about time is a production of Lemming Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions. <laughs> <laughs>